Tomorrow we start our 21-day fast. Who's ready for it? Amen. This is something that is really special to us here at Kingdom. We have two 21-day fasts every year, one in January, which starts tomorrow, and then one in August to kick off the second half of the year. Um, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Listen, not a house of events, not necessarily a house of preaching the word, a house of prayer. So when we come together in these fasts, we are saying, God, you're the only person that we're interested in talking to and hearing from. And yes, we pray together. And when you start, when you come to these nights of prayer and the morning prayer, you're going to see how we're coming together as a body. But it's Unfortunately, we see in the church that people pick a church, they'll pick events, they'll go to these different things because they want to be entertained. You think about if you, this is your church home, you pick this church because, oh, they have a good kids program, because I like the times, because I like the worship. If we're not careful, church, we'll make an idol out of church. We'll make an idol of, oh, that's my small group, I don't like that small group, so I'm going to go to another small group, and then we begin picking a body or picking a church based on what we want and what not God wants for us. It's time for us to stop being selfish and stop asking the Lord, Lord, not what I want, not what I will, but what you want. And what, this is what I love about fasting. There is nothing about fasting that appeals to our flesh. Fasting only entertains God. There is nothing appealing. I said it last week and I kind of had to repent. I said, I hate fasting. And even though I feel really strongly I don't, I'm going to stop saying, hey, I really do not like fasting. Um, but there's nothing, the reason I don't like it or many of us hate it is because there's nothing about it that appeals to our flesh. It only entertains God, which is why many of us in this room are going to try to avoid it this year. Did I need to say that again? I don't, uh, it's okay, I don't have to fast. We're about to go through a sermon that talks about how biblical it is to fast. Fasting only entertains God, which is why it's one of the most powerful things that we can do. God wants us to go deeper this year. He wants us to take our fast to another level this year. But we have to be willing to surrender to him. Who's ready? Who's ready? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. God, you've done great things. Even at Kingdom, even in my personal life, you have done things beyond my imagination beyond what we could have dreamed, thought, or even prayed for. But Father, there are greater things ahead because your word says that we go from glory to glory. We, begin, we can see your works. We can see you, your move in our life in a greater way. And Father, we say that this year we are ready and we are committed and we are going to consecrate ourselves today for everything that you have for us. Would you be glorified in and through us? In Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. amen. Now, I go through this sermon usually once a year, sometimes twice, because we do this fast in August. Um, so many of y'all have heard some of this, not all this information. I do not want you to tune out. The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. He has something new to say. You know why the Word of God is so powerful? Because even though you can memorize the whole Bible, and there are some people that memorize a lot of it, Jesus is still able to speak something new to us every time we read something. So I don't want you to tune out. We're going to read the Word in a second. Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you asking of me in this season? First point, fasting should be a regular practice for every believer. Every, someone, someone, everyone say regular practice. That means, every, that means consistently. It may not be every day, but it's a consistent practice. How many of y'all make a regular practice of brushing your teeth? 
You better all raise your hand. I know, oh, I can't say that. I can't say that. Oh, like myself, I make a regular practice of eating. And you can tell. This fast is going to cure that hopefully for a few weeks, though. We make a regular practice of everything. Fasting needs to be a regular practice in our lives. Turn, your, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Matthew 6, verse 1. We're going to go through some verses that we all know and some verses maybe we haven't paid attention to before. Matthew 6, 1. As you're turning, just listen. If you don't have your Bible, you can look at the screen. It says this, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. It says, beware of practicing your righteousness. What does it mean to practice your righteousness? That's kind of an interesting phrase, practice your righteousness. Well, the Word of God says that we are to be like Jesus, and if we're going to be like Jesus, then we're going to live the way he lived, which is righteously. And if we live righteously, what kind of fruit are we going to produce? Righteous fruit, right? That makes sense. In the past, we lived unrighteously, and we lived like the devil. So we are called to live righteous. So when it, when it says practice righteousness, it means just to bear fruit. So we're called to live this righteous life. And then, but Jesus says, um, be careful that it, you're not practicing it in order to see him by others because then you're not going to have reward, which we're going to get into in just a second. In verse 2 and then onward, we're going to look at three different ways that Jesus shows us or tells us to practice righteousness. Look at the first way. Verse number 2. Thus, when you give, first way, to the needy, sound no trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues, in church, and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. He said, don't give to needy, to people who are in need or people that need a helping hand so that you can be seen. Truly I say to you, he said, really I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. This is the first practice. We are to give to those who in need. And ask you a question, when's the last time that you gave to someone who was truly in need? I'm not talking about somebody that was just standing at the corner asking for a few dollars. When's the last time that you gave a sacrifice to someone who needed something? Unfortunately, church, this culture in America, Western society, makes life all about us. All about us. We only think about our bills, what we need, what we want. <laughs> we confuse what we need with what we want, but what we want is actually very minimal compared to what we think we actually need. When's the last time you incorporated within your finances giving to someone else? This is one way we are to practice righteousness. And let me just say this. There's nothing wrong with giving to others and other people noticing. I know all of us at some point have given, and maybe talking about that person on the side of the road, we've given a few dollars in the car behind us notice, or maybe you've given in other ways and people have noticed. There's nothing wrong with that. But what is, your, what is your intention when you give? Is it to be seen? The Word of God says that's your reward. Do you, want to be, do you want to make this big sacrifice for somebody only for your reward to be for somebody to look at you and say, oh, wow, that's a generous person? Or do you want God to reward you? It's about the heart. The whole, the, whole, the whole gospel is about the heart. Where is our heart at? 
Verse 5, the next practice. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. How many think we need to pray? Okay, so we need to give, but we also need to pray. These are, he says, when you practice your righteousness. This is the second way he mentions in this chapter. He says, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, really, I tell you, they have received the reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Don't pray just to be seen by others. There have been times in my life, unfortunately, when I have wanted to pray or I've wanted to even preach or share the word so that I could be seen for my, how well I prepared and how well I studied. Now, I will say, I don't think there's been very many times when that has been my only intention. I, I love God. I love you. I love preaching the word because I want people to grow. But there have been moments when there's been some of that that's been mixed in. And the Lord, in those moments where that has happened, I've stumbled over my words. I've forgotten uh, how I prepared. I've forgotten what I was going to say. And the Lord said, is this about me or is it about you? Is it about you or is it about my people? So there's nothing wrong with praying out loud, but what is our intention? If we're praying to be seen by God, then we're not going to worry what other people are thinking when it comes to us. And I'm just going to add this in here. I didn't have a really good transition. But this is my problem with social media. Y'all know I love to talk about social media. My problem with social media is people want to be seen. They want to be heard and they want to be seen. Do you know that goes against the entire message in this chapter? And I would even go further to say this. Why is your voice so important to be heard? Why is your face so important to be seen? The truth, the only reason we want to be seen and heard by others is because we have not been seen and heard by our Father in heaven. Because the truth is, when you recognize, when you realize that you have a Father in heaven who sees everything you've done and still loves you, you'll never want to be seen and heard by anyone ever again. It's not what other people think. Don't give so other people see what you're giving. Don't pray so other people hear what you're praying. Worry about what your Father in heaven. Let me ask you. Oh, I'm about to test some people. Would you rather the richest person in the world reward you or God reward you? Be real. Some people would say, I'd, I'd take Elon Musk for sure. I don't even know if God's there. Let me ask you this. Who controls your breathing, Elon Musk or God? Who controls your heartbeat? Trust me, God can give us much more. Who can give you peace? More than that. Who can give you joy? Only God can give things that we really need. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for the many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Let's skip down. I'm going to skip over the Lord's Prayer. Skip down to verse 16. So, first practice, and when you, when you give, second practice, and when you pray, Look at the third practice, verse 16, I think. And when you fast, look at that. Do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. 
Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. I'm going to say it again. How many of you want your reward after 21 days of torturing yourself just to have a, a pat on the back or a handshake? No, 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 no. That's not worth it. I need God to reward me if I'm going to withhold food and withhold things in my life. Let me ask you, should you give to people in need? Yes? Should you pray? Should you fast? No, how come we don't? Well, we don't practice that. I have some good friends who are leaders, and they say, well, we, we just don't do that. It's right here in Matthew chapter 6. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the greatest sermon that Jesus ever preached. I mean, it's all great, but historically, one of the greatest he's ever preached. It's right there when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. I'm going to say this, um, too. So I grew up, um, I grew up hearing, don't tell people what you're fasting. Don't tell people. You're not supposed to tell people. If they ask, just lie, I guess. <laughs> I guess that's what they wanted us to do. I was like, as, as, that, as if that is better than telling what you're fasting. There's nothing wrong with telling people just, I don't know who this is for, but there's nothing wrong with telling people what you're fasting. As long as you check your heart, why are you telling them? I know, th- I know over the past few years, I, feel, I have told people what I have fasted when they've asked or even if I volunteered it because I knew in that moment the Lord has wanted me to encourage somebody to fast as well. So you can say the same thing. You can say the same thing. You can think the same thing with different intentions and different motives. Why are you giving? Why are you praying? Why are you fasting? Okay. Now I'm going to go into a little bit more. Uh, for th- those of us, okay, maybe you're convinced, hopefully you're convinced that you're supposed to fast, but you maybe ask, what is fasting? This is the definition that we use uh, every year. This is by Jensen Franklin. He says, Biblical fasting, and, and we say biblical because there is such a thing as fasting for health reasons. There's intermittent fasting. Do we have any people who work out? They go to the gym. Okay, that's great. That's great for your body, but it's not spiritual fasting. Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. We're not just going without food. We are intentionally seeking God more. We're intentionally withholding food. We're intentionally holding um, this thing called food and this thing called drink that give our physical body strength so that our, our spiritual body can be strengthened. As long as we are feeding our physical body, our appetites, we're, fe- we're feeding our um, desires, our spiritual body is always going to take a back seat. This is one of the main reasons we fast is so that we can put down our flesh so that our spirit can be more in tune with the Holy Spirit. I've said this before, I'll probably keep saying it forever, but there was, a mo- there was a time when I fasted no food for a while, and this was during a very tough season of my life, and I was actually in a rebellious season, didn't realize it in the moment, but kind of in a rebellious season, but I fasted because I was asking the Lord for direction, and even in the middle of my disobedience, not willful, but a subconscious disobedience, at the end of those days, I had so much peace, I really felt like I was walking on cloud nine because my spirit was connected to the divine. My spirit was connected to the supernatural. Is there fear in heaven? Is there brokenness in heaven? This is why we fast, and so that we can be connected with God who dwells in heaven. Fasting is such a powerful principle, but we have to do it not just going without food. It's not just withholding food. It's when we don't eat, we pray instead. When we don't drink something, we uh, read our Bible. We are replacing these physical practices with a spiritual practice. I also recommend fasting social media. 
the gym, anything that is a distraction. In a, in a season, the gym was a distraction for me. And there was this one season I'd been working out, and I really felt the Lord called me to fast working out. And I did not want to fast working out, which is the reason I needed to fast working out. And so it was a distraction. Ask the Lord, what are these things that are a distraction in my life? So, but it's not just uh, fasting what I, social media or Netflix or, or, or Amazon Prime or with whatever. It's fasting food. Biblical fasting is fasting food. And this is for everybody. If you're going to fast, which we all should, that's why we're talking about it, you need to fast food. And leaders, I'm calling all leaders, if you're a small group leader, kids leader, youth leader, fasting is fasting food. We have to, we have to let go of, the, of this thing that feeds our flesh. These other things feed it too, but we have to let go of food. Fasting is meant to deny our flesh. You need to remember that. It's not going to feel good. There's nothing about it that makes us feel good. Fasting denies our flesh. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit, where do I need to say no? Some of y'all, the Lord is already showing you where you need to say no. Hey, you need to let go of that cup of coffee every morning. Oh, man, I hit home. It's like, oh, no, he said it. Where do you need to let go? What is that thing that is part of your routine that I just, I, you don't know me without coffee, Josh? I drank coffee before I walked in because I don't want you to see me without it. This is where we allow the Holy Spirit to give us grace and strength to be the people God wants us to be without anything else. Okay, why do we fast? Three quick points. For God to move and to speak. For God to move and to speak. If you read the Bible, Esther, Ezra, uh, various places in the Old Testament, even, even the New Testament, Whenever the children of Israel needed direction or they needed God to intervene, they would fast and pray. So that's one reason we fast and pray. We're saying, God, at the beginning of this year, I need direction. I need freedom from this bondage that I've been walking in, that I've, been, that, that I've had in my mind, this prison I've been living in in my mind or in my own home. I need you to speak and to move in my life so that I can be set free to be close to you and to do the things you're asking me to do. The second reason we fast is to give God first fruits. I'm going to be talking about this more in a couple of weeks with our offering. But this is uh, the principle of first fruits. First fruits, or the principle of first, is the biblical principle that God wants the first of everything he has given us to steward. Any resource, anything God has given us, he wants the first part of it. And we talked a little bit about this last week. What are, and there are three big areas I think God has given us to steward. The first one is our time. God wants the first part of your time. Many times uh, in the morning or throughout the week, we say, okay, God, let me, get, let me get this in order. Let me go to work. Let me get the kids dressed. Let me, uh, let me eat. Let me do this. Let me do that. And then I'll spend time with you. God is saying, I want you to put me first because you cannot begin to put your schedule in order unless I'm part of it. The second thing I believe God gives us is, our, is relationships. We all have relationships, and those are um, the most important things that we possess. How does God come first in our relationships? We don't engage in another relationship unless we, put, we go to God and say, God, if this is going to violate my relationship with you, then I'm not going to entertain it. And I'm not saying to get rid of your kids. I'm not saying to get rid of your spouse. I'm saying what place are your spouse, spouses in? What place are your kids in? Are they elevated above God or is God first? 
This is how we put God first, principle first. And the third one is our resources. What has God given us financially? What has he given us uh, in other ways? We give God the first part of it. That's why we tithe. And then we're going to be taking up an offering, which I'm going to talk about in a couple weeks. This is why we're doing this fast at the beginning. We're putting God first at the beginning of the year. So we fast so God can speak. God can move. We fast to give God first fruits. And then lastly, we fast to reprioritize God in our lives. If you need a, a shock, I'm trying to think, what, is, what, is, what, is, what do they do to re, um, when, the heart, when the heart stops beating? Resuscitate. If you need your spiritual life to be resuscitated, fasting is the best way to shock it back to where it needs to be. Truly. Truly because it is painful and it takes a lot of discipline, but this is why we're doing it together. We fast to reprioritize, that is to put God back in the place that he deserves. Listen, fasting is about putting God first and our flesh second. We put our flesh second, and if we're, if we're honest, our flesh was first this past year. Our flesh was first for sure during Thanksgiving, during Christmas, when we overindulged, over, overindulged. We're putting God first. Okay, what types of fasts are there? This is just a brief Summary, I think we have the list. I don't know if we put all of them on there. But there is a complete fast. This is a little bit more practical. Complete fast is not eating anything, just drinking water or some liquids. And you can do this for a day. You can do this for a couple days. You can go longer. You can go longer. Just, just putting that out there. Um, selective fast, removing certain foods and liquids from your diet. So if... Sweets is something that is something you have to have every day. I would recommend asking the Lord, is this something I need to give up? And he's probably going to tell you yes. So just a little help there. Removing selective things from your diet. The Daniel fast. No meat, dairy, sweets, or bread. This is a very tough fast, but this is a fast that Daniel did in the Old Testament. I, re I really recommend you to do this. You have to really plan this one out. Um, but I know the Lord is calling some of us to fast in this way. Partial fast, fasting specific times throughout the day. So maybe you say, okay, today I'm not going to eat uh, from the time I get up until, uh, until 2 o'clock. But after 2 o'clock, I'm going to eat. Or maybe I'm not going to eat from the time I get up till 6 at night. Ask the Lord, is this what you're asking me to fast? And, and just to put this out here, put this out here. This is some, you may do a mixture of all these fasts. The reason we're, our fast is starting tomorrow is so that you can spend today asking the Lord to show you what he wants you to do. And the last one is soul fast. I highly recommend all of us to do a soul fast. I was convicted this morning as, as I was getting ready to get off social media and to stay off of Netflix, YouTube TV. Those are the, two, those are the streaming uh, devices that I use. Um, what do you need to fast? We're putting God first, okay? I'm gonna, I want you to answer honestly. How many of y'all want to put God first, like honestly? Okay. Fasting is going to do it, I promise. In addition to our fast, every day we're going to have a night of prayer and morning prayer. In the morning, the sanctuary is going to be open from 5.30 to 7.30. You can come at 5.30 and then leave at 6 or 6.30 if you need to need to leave, or you can stay the whole time. That's more come and go. We added this this past year, and it was very tough, but very rewarding. In addition to that, we also have nights of prayer. 
Every night here in the auditorium at 7 p.m., we're going to gather together as the body and pray with one another. Now, I remember the first time we did this, um, Miss Roxanne, I don't know if she's in here, she recommended it. Uh, I thought about, I remember thinking, okay, let's have nights of prayer like every Sunday, so we'll have three Sundays. And she said, what if we just do it every day? And I thought, every day. And I began to like, every, okay, but we're trying to do this, trying to do that. And I just felt from the Holy Spirit, this is something we needed to do. And we started it. And as we went on, I thought, I could not imagine not doing this. And even as it ended, I thought, we need to keep going. This is absolutely a commitment. And unfortunately, a lot of people are not going to do this because most people, listen carefully, I said this earlier, most people go to church to remain comfortable. This is why we pick certain preachers, why we pick certain times, pick certain styles, because we want to stay comfortable. The Christian life, listen, is about changing. Trust me, I'm the first one that's had to change. This, our church looks nothing like what I thought it would look like. And it continue, I continue, have to, I have to continually surrender to the Lord. Don't always do it perfectly the first time, but it's something the Lord said, hey, this is my church. We do not go to church to be comfortable. I just want you to be really honest with yourself. Am I in a place because I'm comfortable? Am I growing? Am I being challenged to grow? Am I being challenged to sacrifice? This is the time to answer that question. These nights of prayer are absolutely a commitment. The first three weeks, one of the first, obviously we just went through a week, but the first three weeks of the year, really, the whole month, this is the principle of the first. The rich young ruler, I was reading through um, the story, I think it was yesterday, I can't remember yesterday or day before. He had done a lot of things for the Lord. He had kept most of the commandments, and Jesus said, one thing you lack, go and sell everything you have, and then you will have treasure in heaven. This man was a good man. This was a man who loved God, but when it came down to it, he was not willing to sacrifice everything. God is still asking us to sacrifice everything. Everything. It's not like, oh, he has a different church in Africa and a different church in America. In America, we don't have to, we don't have to sacrifice as much. Who told us that? Who told us that? Who made us believe this? We are called to sacrifice everything. And I believe there are some people in here who are willing to make that sacrifice the next few weeks. And I'm going to say this, <laughs> one last thing. Many of us have done this fast before. And many of us, and I've done this, I've fasted pretty much my whole Christian life since I was 15. I've been guilty of doing the same fast every year. And the Lord showed me I just felt like he showed me about me and then about others. He said, you have made, you have, how do you say? He said, I feel like he said, you have made, he said, Josh, you have made me part of your routine and I have not become part of my routine. God is calling us to do something different. Don't do the same fast you did this last time because if we're not careful, we're creating an idol. Yes, you can create an idol out of fasting, something as holy as fasting. God is calling us to go to the next level. And this is something the Lord is beginning to do in our church. If you've been coming the past few months, you've seen the Lord begin to just move in worship, begin to move in our small groups, begin to move in our meetings. God is wanting us to get out of our comfort zone, to get out of our routine so that we can meet God. And the last thing I feel like he said, do you want to meet with me? Do you want to know me? I just, and actually, very simply, he said, do you want to meet God? 
God is asking some people today, do you want to meet him? Do you want, do you want, if you could meet God, like shake his hand, spend some time with him, get to know him, get to know his heart for you, get to know how much he loves you and you can tell him how much you love him, would you do it? This is an opportunity to do that. Don't get stuck being comfortable, going to church, doing what you want to do. God is calling all of us to get out of our comfort zone.